Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world. Broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world. Spreading the news and information. BlakeRadio.com. Music for your mind, body, and soul. Talk radio at its best. You're listening to Rainbow Soul from BlakeRadio.com. Flat. Flat ah. from green drink. 
that was inspiration for you, huh? Good. Yeah, because sometimes it looks like my stomach is bloated or something. So I know that I have to stop eating meat, which I pretty much don't eat the red meat that much anymore. Occasionally I'll have a hamburger, but, yeah, I try to stick to salads now. But, you know, because I notice that, you know, I'm a cancer, and they say you have problems with your stomach, and I do notice that I get gas a lot. Mm, We have to talk about that. Yes, we do, because I want to end that, end that. And so I hope the green drink is helping. Yes. But let's get back to you. Yes, ma'am. Oh, good, good, good. Well, let's. You are presently married, and you have a child. Just one so far, right? Uh, Period, Deirdre. I had her at forty. I'm not. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that makes sense. Well, absolutely. but, But your book is predominantly about your first marriage, so we're going to talk about that today, if you don't mind, because not at all. Basically, uh, your book. And the play is going to be, is it a play or is it a reading that's going to be centered around? No, it's around, a stage play. Uh, it's a full-fledged book. stage play with a 20-member cast. Whoa. I hope yes. I'm getting a ticket. Uh, okay, so, um, well, let's tell me about how you met your, your, your first husband since the book is about him. Sure. Faith Under Fire, Betrayed by a Thing Called Love is the true story of my first husband marrying me knowing he had full-blown AIDS and did not tell me, how I am victoriously HIV negative, and that I didn't know he was on the down low until he was dead. The play... Well, that's the thing I want to ask you. you there were no yes. signs? You, you you couldn't couldn't tell? or Aren't there signs well, of a sarcoma or whatever? Well, no, not initially. He didn't present with sarcoma until he was really um, almost dead, like six months till his death. Yeah, wow. he did not. Um, we're talking 1990, Deirdre. We're talking okay. the early 90s, um, before we even knew a lot about um, HIV being even in the black community, period, let alone in what we think is a heterosexual man. We were still looking in the direction of the white gay community, uh, white gay men as being the carriers of HIV, never minding to look into our own community. And this is why the numbers are staggering like they are today, because HIV was always here. Well, yeah. did he look healthy at the time? Of course he looked Behave healthy, Behave as yes. if he was heavy yeah. and healthy no. and all of that? Yes, I was a I, – I am – I was – before I was even a naturopathic doctor, I was considered a health nut. I mean, to the point where he called me, he and his family called me Rabbit. That was their nickname for me. And because I eat mostly salads and green foods and fruits, and they said they'd never seen anyone eat so much of those types of foods, and I had never seen any fam- one per- one family eat so much meat in one meal. So we were... <laughs> balanced in, in our surprises wow. and, to, and to our culinary tastes uh, similarly, but they, they called me rabbit, and so I was considered this health nut, and yes, he looked completely healthy. Yes, he was active. All of those things. He was fine, Deidre. And he looked like... <laughs> so I, I heard that he was very handsome. 
Very. Did you change his diet, though? Because sometimes when you get married, the wife has a tendency to be doing all the cooking, so she changes the diet. Did that happen in your marriage? Absolutely, because he wasn't allowed to cook pork chops in my house. Um, I wouldn't have them. I would. I would not let him contaminate my pots with them. So he, he bought his own skillet, so he could fry his own pork chops whenever he felt the unction to have one. Oh, I see. Yes. yes and now yes, his yes. his family knew. His family knew. Did they know and didn't tell you, or what was that situation? Uh, his mother and his sister did know. Um, he had he had two sisters. I believe one sister, maybe that she didn't know, but one sister was very vocal about the fact she knew and her mother knew and her mother told her. And it was a huge fight at the hospital, and we do act out that scene in the play. So uh, it, it's really riveting to see this acted out that people are wondering, my goodness, could this be true? You've got to be kidding, this didn't happen. Even the actors themselves, in the middle of them acting out a scene, they'll go, wait, 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 I, I need to know something. Did this, did this really happen? Did he really say that? Did they really have a fight in the hospital over who knew, who didn't knew, the mother knew, she, who did she tell? Did they, that really happen? Oh, yes, it did. Well, I have to ask you, in the book you say, betrayed by a thing called love. That betrayal, that had to be devastating. How did you handle that? I stayed on my knees, Deirdre. I threw lots of prayer, hence the name Faith Under Fire. You know, we, we're we challenged with a lot of things in life, and we don't even know what we're being challenged with when we're going through it, that it's for our growth. It doesn't feel like we're growing when we're going, growing through it. You know, instead of saying, I'm going through something, we're really growing through something if we'll allow ourselves to go through the process. And so it was all I could do but go through the process and mark time. And, you know, I couldn't run. I couldn't hide. There was nowhere to go. Um, I could have left, but that didn't make any sense. I mean, I took a vow, and I really honored and took stock in the wedding vows that I said. And I believe that in sickness and in health part for real. Now, your husband was on the down low, or did he get it through some other means? He was on the down low, and I didn't really discover that. I did not discover that until he was dead. That's even a more greater betrayal than than not. You, did you oh, meet yes. him when you were doing PR? I actually met him in the industry, but not while I was doing public relations. I met him at my part-time job. I used to work at Sheridan Broadcasting during the day, I don't know if you remember, uh, when I was a writer and producer on the Top 30 Countdown show with Donnie Simpson. And one day a week, Johnny Allen from uh, one of the radio stations in New York City, he had a broadcasting school called Queens Broadcasting Center where he taught people how to get into the record industry, from DJing to news announcing to uh, uh, being an on-air personality to working behind the scenes, how to do promotions and such. And it was a very successful school. He had it for many years. I was his speech teacher. And I met I met Stephen there at, at the school one night, on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Wow, you remember on a Wednesday night. It was a Wednesday. And, you know, that's interesting because we have a narrator in the play, 
and actually who's Deja Vu from WBLS, uh, and she she said everything that I'm, you know, when I'm doing this timeline, because, you know, we, we fast forward through four years. So as we, I'm doing this time, she said, everything happened on a Wednesday or Saturday. And I said, that's exactly why we're saying it. Everything in our lives happened on a Wednesday or Saturday. We met on a Wednesday. He died on a Wednesday. We got married on wow. a Saturday. Yeah, everything happened on a Wednesday and a Saturday. We moved into our home in the Poconos on a Saturday. His there was a, a, a house fire where his mother died when we were married 21 days. That was on a Wednesday. Everything happened on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Well, I wonder yeah. why that's so significant in your life. I, I don't know. I don't know. But it, 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 I won't forget it. I won't forget it. Definitely so that's why. Not. Definitely yes. Not. Yeah. So it, it's worth mention. It's worth to mention. And, and it's also worth mentioning that um, you were a rabbit eating all the lettuce and, and greeneries. Is the AIDS virus a breakdown of the immune system? Well, I mean, what causes that? Is that a breakdown, and can it be prevented by uh, building up your immune system? Absolutely. HIV is a virus, and... Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we are foolish to think that AIDS, acquired immune deficiency syndrome, is just a byproduct of HIV. No, acquired immune deficiency syndrome can be a lot of things, including cancers, because we're immunodeficient when cancers arise. So I, the HIV virus, really cannot take hold even if you're exposed to it if your immune system is strong and solid and i also throw in another thing in there i'm covered by the blood of jesus i strongly believe that and that also with combined with the rock solid immune system i'm not infected and i just thank god for that so you think or believe and i agree with you that it it it's your intent. It's your intent. It's your mindset, and it and it's how you build up your immune system that helps you to conquer HIV/AIDS. Not just because it's a mental it, thing as well as a physical. Yes, it is. It all starts in the mind, you know. And in, in naturopathy school, the first book, the first class we had was the healing mind. It all it all starts with how you think. Because you have to change your mind to even embark upon a wellness journey. Yes. And that's, and that's one of the reasons why our production company is called Renewing Your Mind Productions. Oh, cool. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what diet should someone look Pardon? at? I mean, if, what, what diet would you suggest to build up one's immune system? I would say definitely a plant-based diet, not negating protein and not necessarily coming from from uh, things like beef and liver and all of the things that people think that you need just to have protein. You can have protein. Uh, there's an incredible protein, protein quotient in wild-caught salmon and um, really uh, organic grass-fed chicken breast. And uh, and chickens, period, chicken uh, grass-fed eggs, 
and uh, lots of green leafy foods, lots of fruits and other vegetables. And sleep, Deirdre, it's important that we get high-quality sleep. The body only repairs when we're sleeping. That's and we have to be a- How much sleep should we get? I mean, most well, people are not even sleeping five hours these days. Yeah, we're, you know, because we're in the middle of, uh, we're an up-all-night society, got to do it, got to be it, got to be in the mix of it, got to have it, um, watching the television, the Internet, and playing on telephones and computers. I'm, I'm, I'm very clear about why we're sleep-deprived, but uh, figure that if we close our eyes for a second, we'll miss something, but it will be there by morning, I promise. We should get at least, seven hours of high-quality sleep. And what does high-quality sleep actually mean? It means that we should go to bed by 10 o'clock so that we could take advantage of the circadian clock and the healing cycle that starts at midnight. And it's not about sleeping seven hours during daytime hours because the sun repairs the body and stores I mean, the sun gives us energy, but the moon repairs the body and rejuvenates. How interesting is that? Yeah, very interesting. I don't think people even think in terms of that. Do they? Moon and sun and uh, uh, its healing properties. No, they. I don't. I don't think people do as well, unless they, either, unless they are um, intentionally trying to improve their health. And then this information is readily available. But it's it's important for us to know when we're talking about, gosh, the society in which we live, we're bombarded with toxins everywhere we go. How can we combat them? How can we escape them? I mean, the very lights that burn in every building, and they are also giving us those lights to put in our homes, those fluorescent lights, while they're wonderful for the environment, they're terrible for our bodies. Everybody in America is primarily, right now, vitamin D deficient. And we're vitamin D deficient because we're under the glow of fluorescent lights day and night, which suck up our vitamin D. Well, they also discourage you from going out in the sun, although I love the sun myself. I do, too. Uh, but, you know, there's reason, there's cause for concern. We're penetrating ozone layers and... You know, those rays are, UV rays are damaging. But 20 minutes in the sun, which greatly help us, um, is going to be great. And without sunglasses and without contact lenses and without glasses, because the sun cannot penetrate glass or plastic. So the real way to soak up vitamin D is through sunlight through the eyes. And all we have to do is just be sitting outside. But it's the, it, it bears watching because, um, you know, and sunscreens, I, I'm not a fan of sunscreen, but we need the sunscreen at different levels depending on your exposure. For instance, my mother, a black woman, had skin cancer on her nose. And it was so bad It was three times worse than they thought it was. It started as a little scab that would not heal. It would keep, you know, she'd pick it off, it it wouldn't heal for a long time, and it was three times worse than they thought. She lost her entire right nostril 
Oh, my goodness. Yes. They immediately do the reconstructive surgery. They take a piece out of her forehead and mold it into her nose and take a vein from the forehead and run it down so it can get its own blood supply. Very massive procedure. I mean, this reconstructive process has just been incredible. And next week I'm going to Chicago to be with my mother for surgery number three to reverse the whole thing. And now her new nose, she'll end up with a better nose than the rest of us. That's the good thing. But it's been some process, all because she got a skin cancer on her nose. So it, it And that came from it. sitting out in the sun too long? Well, she doesn't sit in the sun, but my mother's out all day. She lives in Chicago, and you know how Chicago is these days. Our, our senior citizens are running from the dark. They are, my mother's out as soon as the sun is up, and she comes home as soon as sun sets. I mean, she does not let nighttime find her out in Chicago. And so she's out all day, running errands in her car, and it's just, it, it just got to be too much. She's got skin cancer on her nose. Yeah. Well, I'm really sorry to hear that, but I'm glad they Absolutely. were able to reconstruct your nose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, cheers to the medical profession for for the technology they have today. Yes, the, med- I the medical get- profession is masterful. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, I just wanted to get back to our, our, our subject at hand because you don't hear so much about AIDS these days. And is that because they have come up with with uh, better safeguards and better medication, or what's the what's the uh, story on AIDS these days? Well, the reason why we don't hear about it is because it's just simply a conversation we have stopped having. We have got to go back to putting our conversations about AIDS on Main Street and taking it off of the silent conversations on Backstreet. We are devastated by this disease. The numbers are skyrocketing. It is said that in America today that if you are living in the southeast and are sexually active, you are more likely to contract HIV in the southeast, namely in the state of Georgia, namely in Atlanta metropolitan area, than anywhere else in this country. One in 51 people in that. One in because one in fifty one people in Atlanta have HIV. Wow! Atlanta is now the epicenter of the epidemic in the South. Is that because people are not practicing safe sex, or? Well, of course not. (laughs) What is? Um, And and I think that safe sex is an oxymoron. I think that what people are not practicing is the truth. I think that what we have is a lot of behaviors that have increased the epidemic um, um, amongst women because of heterosexual transmissions, because men are not um, at being honest about their sexuality. They're not claiming that they're bisexual, or they're not claiming that they've even had a bisexual experience. And we've got television programs like Empire that are condoning the behavior when a woman knows that a man is uh, is bisexual and she says she's all right with that. So those kinds of things help 
perpetuate the disease. And now, you well, know, what should a, a woman ap- look for? To, how, how would you recognize a download man? I mean, how, what would a woman look for in her boyfriend or, or, or husband to detect that he's living a certain lifestyle? Yeah, Can you? I think the, I think I think the first thing that we uh, need to look for when we look at men period, is we need to first ask a lot of questions to come to some kind of truth. And the back of my book, I write 200 questions that we can ask. And the first one is, do you know your status? There are so many women who, number one, they don't know their own status, and number two, they never challenge a potential partner as to whether or not they know theirs. And number three, they certainly don't suggest, let's go take an HIV test down at the clinic. So those are are three things that are problematic. And we need to ask and and really look in the person's eyes. We actually need to get to know a person before we let them touch us. Before we swap fits, we need to swap information. And and, And that information includes, you know, finding out what happened in your last relationship. Have you ever had a bisexual relationship. And if the person starts to feel uncomfortable, if they get angry at the line of questioning, then that's your signal to walk away, that we need mm-hmm. to use every ounce of discernment that we that we have within us to save our lives. Now, is there a, a physical a sign? You said you never recognized it in your husband until after, after he died practically, but uh, some people get... Uh, what is it, those blotches, the, those skin blotches or sarcoma? Yes, they do. Some people do get sarcoma. <laughs> the opportunistic, list, the list of opportunistic infections of what one can get with um, HIV and then full-blown AIDS is so vast. He had sarcoma, um, the blotches on his face and his hands and in his hair. He had patches of hair loss. Um he had the thrush in his bat in his mouth so badly that his mouth would be pasted mm. together. Um, he had the neuropathy in his feet at um, some point. He could he could not walk. Um, he had the the, uh, the temperature of uh, 102 to 104 on a daily basis. He was literally burning internally. Oh so, yes, yes. So I mean. You can see, you, it gets to a point where you can tell that something is seriously wrong with the other person. Can. And I don't want to just say it's men, it's women too. It's women you know, too. So both, but you know, now both these medications. Look out. Mm-hmm. Now the medications are such that people don't see that anymore. And I think this is part of the problem. Part of the problem is back in the 90s, you would see somebody who looked like that and you'd know they had AIDS. Now you can't tell the medication masks so much. People are living longer and healthier lives. And I've heard so many people say, mm, my boy Magic is doing all right. They say what? that all the time. People say it all he the looks, time. He even looks like he's putting weight on. Yes. But none of us have access to Magic's money or to Magic's medical team. Not one of us. Magic's doctor was the... the doctor who created the AZT cocktail, okay, personally. And it, 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 his, his, healing, his, his lifespan has just been miraculous. His, his, and how he, his longevity 
has been miraculous and how well he's doing. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the days when he can't get out of bed. He talks about the days when he runs to the bathroom so much. He talks about the days when he's sick and doubled over. Those are the days we need to see because I don't believe that people believe it's real. And as long as, well, not you know, by looking at the, him, not by looking at him, but as long as we see his beautiful face on days when he's not having a bad one, why then should I change my behavior? I'm going to take whatever magic's taking. Because it is I a read, magic bullet at that point. <laughs> they say there has been some movie stars, I won't name their names, who has actually had their blood washed. Is, is, is that a, a truism? I have no idea. And, and, it, and it's possible. If your money is deep enough, your insurance good enough, your checkbook large enough, then yes, you can do that. There are doctors, listen, if doctors will go around cutting you up one body part at a time because you are afraid to get cancer and you want to remove a healthy body part just because, oh, yeah, there will be a doctor around who will be glad to take your money to wash your blood. And do you really know what yeah. that means? Okay. Mm-hmm. I said, do you I'm know sorry? what it means to wash your blood? No. All I, I heard was that they 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 uh, add new blood uh, and wash out the infected blood or whatever, but it's, That's I correct. don't know. That's so what that means. Is the disease moved? Uh, is the disease gone? Or I don't know if you have to no. keep going back to do it. Sure. It can't be. Sure, it settles in the tissue, it settles in lots of places. I mean, but you don't just need that procedure. Listen, there are lots of things that can help keep you healthy. I helped to keep my husband healthy in the 1990s, and we didn't even know all that much. All I knew was that, listen, you can't do what you used to do, so you have to stop doing that, and you have to walk in the other direction and do something completely different. He went from a T-cell count of four to back up in the hundreds. Oh. Hundreds. He never got to and the point. And that was, was from hundreds. changing his diet. That was from changing his diet. That was from a healthier lifestyle. That was was my pumping him with a whole lot of herbs. I did a lot of chopping, dicing, brewing, and steeping. And he got better. He went back to work. And then, but you know, when he got to the point where he decided he was going to be non-compliant, he got sick again. Okay, because he had to keep that that routine up forever. Which, me? If he wanted to save his life, he had to keep the routine of of uh, the the herbs, the the the, the giving up That's of correct. meat and all of that forever, That's which correct. apparently he he didn't want to do. No, he didn't. No. He Did didn't. he give up that lifestyle at least? Um. Well, when he could no longer walk, yes, he did. When he could no longer get where he wanted to go on his own, sure. But, you know, um, and he, there were so many disappearing acts. You know, when his friends came to town and, you know, his rationale would be, I'm with my boys. Okay. But when I'm with my girls, I do go to work. I mean, he wouldn't even go to work. He'd just come home two days later. They've been just hanging, get partying. Out. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Like, very interesting. Well, what was it within you that you, you forgave to that degree? I would have been furious. <laughs> I was furious. 
I was serious. I said, okay, so the next time one of my girls comes to town, since that's what you're doing, I'm going to try that. (laughs) But I never did. But, yeah. Listen, I didn't have any reason to be suspicious at that point. I didn't, and this was before he presented with the disease. So I didn't have any reason to um, look at his friends sideways, to look at him sideways. Um, If anything, I, I could have strongly considered that he was messing around with a woman. It just never occurred to me that he was messing around with a man. Exactly. But when you found out, didn't you feel like knocking him out of the world? But instead what you did is you you brought him back to health. That took a lot of guts or took a lot of love. Love, I'd say. Yes, it did take a lot of love. I loved him. And I, I, again, I believed in the vows, but I looked at the circumstance. You know, he did a lot of parading other women in front of my face to prove a point. For instance, if we'd be out at an affair... He would say, you know, see that girl over there? Yeah, we went out. See that girl over there? Yeah, she used to be my girlfriend. And it all turned out to be a lie, and this is what helped me piece together that he lied. So after he died, I started going to those women and saying, I'd like to talk to you about the circumstances under which Stephen really died And I think you need to get yourself checked. He died of AIDS. And they said, all of them said, we never, we went to dinner once or we never went out or he took my number. We talked on the phone a couple of times. I could not find one person except one woman who he did have sex with when he was at a wedding. Um, And she was the only person who... I could find who said yes, she had sex with him. That I that he would say to me, I had sex. I I went out with her. I went out with her. I went out with her. And so I started thinking, oh my goodness, all of this was a lie. And that's when I started but putting how, things together. How lucky were those women? Except that one. Except the one, she was not infected, and Thank she goodness. had just gotten a job in the health industry and had gotten a completely checked out. And she she was not infected. Yeah. Now, how easy is it to get? Uh, I had an AIDS test. So I did a story on it, and they just tested me. But uh, is it costly to get tested, or you can just go to to a clinic and and be tested? Because a lot of times people consider money before they uh, do anything. Sure. And if they consider that, then they'll never know that it's free. Yes, you can get tested. You can be tested for free. Well, then I suggest to all these people, go and get tested. And even if it costs, it's better to know than not to know. Absolutely. Because at least you can do something about it. Yes, and early treatment means everything. Exactly. Now, the HIV virus does not necessarily uh, blossom into full-blown AIDS, correct? It does eventually. It can. It does? It does, yes. Even if you catch it early? Pardon me? Even if you catch it early? I guess each person is different. I mean, nowadays a lot of people are are never moving to the phase of full-blown AIDS. And it has to do with 
um, the medication. Oh, okay. Well, at least that's good to know for for those that yeah. uh, have HIV that uh, the medication is working. That's correct. That's correct. Well, how did you get the book to the Black uh, National Theater? How did that come about? I wrote a script for the play, and aha, uh-huh. uh-huh. and for the film with my writing partner, Blake Roberts, in Hollywood. And uh, we've been working on projects together for about 10 years now. <clears throat> and he, um, and and so we had an opportunity, and I met a producer, Kenya Cagle, at a writer's conference, and he read this, he read the script and said, we have got to do something about this right now, and it can't wait. It can't wait. We need to put this on the stage before September. And I said, okay, script is ready, because he understands the urgency of the conversation. The conversation has got to be urgent. And now the hot new demographic for HIV infections is 15 to 24-year-olds, our college babies. Mm. Yes, because HIV and STDs is rampant on college campuses. I could believe that. That's when the kids are away from home and feel free to to do whatever they wish sexually. Mhm. Absolutely. And again, because it's not in the news, I don't think people are 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 protecting themselves again because the urgency, as you say, is not being publicized, and they don't think it's That's urgent correct. anymore. No, it's not. It's been pushed back, and I think that people felt that it was a conversation we had so often, so much, that we needed to back away from it. Well, look at what we've got now. You know, African-Americans well, the news is not covering 14%. it, so people don't know. I mean, the people right. don't know that it's taken over. Uh, well, I know the African, African-American community is devastated, but what about the other communities? Aren't they as well? They are. They are, and women are just inching up in numbers in every in every nation in every race because we've got men who won't be honest. So we have to do the Nancy Drew continuously. Well, in some cultures, and... women women are, are are subjugated by their men. The men are dominant. Yes. I was reading in the African community that some of the African men and the Arab men force themselves on their women knowing they have AIDS. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. So where can these women go? I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's just a total epidemic, but what can they, they do? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately the poverty rate, so many women are afraid to leave their families or their husbands because they have no means of support. The, now let's get down to the nitty-gritty. This is incredibly true. So many women are afraid to leave when there is no no health issue at risk, no risk for a health issue, or that when there is no health issue present. I remember when I first moved to New York, there were four young women, all 20-something, 
in my office who all lived with boyfriends they could not stand. And the reasons why they still lived with those boyfriends was because they couldn't afford to live on their own. And I said, let me say to the four of you that you all, the four of you can leave those men and get a place together and be free of all that. That I could not. I'd never seen anything like that until I moved to New York, honestly. Women giving up their well, power so easily like that. I I just I just had never seen anything like it. But now, I mean, I I under I understand it, what why they do it. But I don't. At some point, you at least have a plan. Well, let me ask you this. You you mentioned that it's going to be on off Broadway, and it's only there four days, correct? Eighteen. Uh, four days, six shows, matinees, Saturday and Sunday. Okay. And is it going to be a film as well? It will be. Cool. And it's still under the title of the book? Faith Under Fire. Yes. Okay. Uh, I also want to advise the listeners, go get your tickets. Uh, You can call the uh, National Black Theater box office at 212-722-3800. And the theater itself is located on 125th Street and 5th Avenue. If you have never seen that theater, it is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. You can't miss it. It takes the the block, right? It takes a block practically. Yes. You can also get tickets at Eventbrite by typing in uh, Faith Under Fire on stage. Or you could also go to our website, faithunderfireonstage.org. And click there for um, ticket information. Well, you're also going on tour, right? You're going on tour? So tell me about the tour. tour. We're going to the cities where the epidemic is most prevalent. So that's Atlanta is next, Washington, Mm. D.C., Richmond, Virginia, uh, Chicago, Los Angeles. Detroit. Yeah. Oh, wow. Are these mostly inner cities you're going to, or are you uh, just going to uh, uh, several uh, stadiums or or event places within the city? Oh, we're going into inner visiting. cities. We we definitely wanted to keep it within the community, and I actually mm-hmm. had um, joined forces with some really wonderful people in Hollywood and. They had a vision for doing the production in a very, in a way that was not accessible to the community, and I, I didn't proceed because the community has got to be able to, to view this information. I didn't want to take it out of the hands of the people who need the information the most. So the tickets are affordable. The, um, I, I insisted on that and. Um, it's a community education initiative, and it's a labor of love. The actors are working for um, less than they would get paid for um, a, a show. The stage people, the directors, the stage managers, everyone has been affected uh, on some level by HIV and AIDS. And so um, a lot of people are donating their time. And at the end of every production, every every presentation, we're having a talk back with the audience. And on the panel will be um, activist Maria Davis, who is a woman who's HIV infected, a heterosexual woman. Also um, a gay man, 
uh, Raymond Lewis, who uh, is infected, and we'll have an HIV educator and also a direct service provider. And a portion of our proceeds is going to benefit the National Black Leadership Commission on AIDS for the work that they do on the front lines every day. Well, it sounds like you're doing great work, and we're coming to the end of our show. Is there something I haven't asked that you'd like to say? Well, I'd like to say that let me encourage you to stand in your truth no matter what it is. And let me encourage you also to put your faith into the information that you uncover before you put your faith in anything else or anyone else. Be diligent and consider yourself and your health first before anything else. Well, again, I encourage the listeners to see this production. So get down to the National Black Theater, August, uh, what is it again, 18th to the 21st? August 18th through 21st. And the theater is located on 125th Street as well. It's between 125th Street and 126th Street on 5th Avenue. You cannot miss it. It is a huge building. And uh, I'm sure you're going to love it. And and then please stay for the Q&A afterwards because it's probably a great deal that they have to say that you need to learn. Yes, sir. And I want to thank Dr. LaJoyce Brookshire for being my guest today. As always, LaJoyce, it's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Deirdre. And I am. You're quite welcome. And I'm your host, Deirdre Schuler. This is the Blake Radio Network, and you've been listening to Rainbow Soul. I thank my listeners for making my topic topically yours. don't go to geico.com car insurance can seem intense like breakup r&b intense i thought you said you love the sweater that i got you if you didn't you could have told me geico makes it easy just go to geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama i even had a gift of overachievers. We didn't just send an astronaut to the moon. We gave him a buggy with big old knobby tires to drive on that moon. A freaking moon buggy. So why have we settled for mints that only cover up bad breath instead of getting rid of it? We deserve better. Like breath savers. It's a moon shooting buggy riding mint with Nutrazen, which is scientifically proven to neutralize bad breath. Breath savers. It's the overachieving mint.